0: Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic.
1: Today, we're going to talk about dinners you don't have to cook. Great for hot days.
0: And great for the unstructured vibe of summer. So I feel like you can put no-cooked dinners into a few different categories. Yeah. So I feel like we should talk about kind of each of those by category and then maybe shout out some recipes and cookbooks we like from those. I love that.
1: I like a no-cook dinner because I feel like summer is just like, like you say, it's like so unstructured. You just want to throw something together sometimes. And there's also the the sort of other factor of like bringing heat into your house, like Mm -hmm. if you're not dealing with air conditioning or even just because it's not very efficient (laughs) to like heat up your house and then cool it back down. Um, But like turning on the oven can bring heat in, but also just like time. I feel like cold dinners, non-cooked dinners are like just quicker.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, my feeling about summer is that it's 12 very short weeks, Yeah, you know, and there's some of, especially if you have like kids in your household, they just really blow by. And those are some of like the best memories that we're going to make in our lifetime. Totally. So I don't want to be wasting time, like cooking in a hot of ov- you know, over a right. hot oven on a hot day for an hour. Right. When you can just kind of throw something easy together and max- maximize your time together. Exactly. Well, and I feel like Colder
1: food just tastes better in the summer too. Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: Which makes me think of the not crudité crudité plate we just had at our cookbook club retreat yeah. this past spring. That is an Allison Roman recipe. Which book is that from? I think it's from Dining In. It was
1: a gorgeous. No, it might be from Nothing Fancy. I think it's probably from Nothing Fancy.
0: Okay. Well, it was a gorgeous spread, it and it so was so pretty. Just like a big, beautiful dip with like turmeric. I think. Yeah, and it so- had
1: turmeric and tahini in it. Okay cream cheese, sour cream.
0: And then just a rainbow of vegetables, like different colored carrots and radishes and lots of like crunchy things. I feel like that could count as dinner. So that's
1: actually my sort of go to no cook dinner in my house. And that's a year round thing because my kids love it. So I just call it in my house a snack plate Mm -hmm. and they get really excited. It's great for cleaning out the fridge. I just take like this big platter plate out and I just like, I'm like, oh, I got some carrots, you know, peel those up, like, peel them, cut them into sticks. Oh, I got some cherry tomatoes. Throw those on there. Like cut up an apple, an orange, like fruits and veggies, whatever you have, then put some crackers on there, cut up some cheese. And if you can like whip up a dip real quick, that's pretty easy. You don't even have to have dip though. You can also put store-bought hummus on there. Like just keep it super, super simple. And I find that it's a really good way to just get like a lot of fruits and veggies into my kids and like fill them up. It works really well.
0: My kids tend to be more carb focused, okay. so I think we would also have to have like either pita chips. Trader Joe's makes a really good um, non-chips that we like a okay. lot. Okay, yeah, and then they're, they're non crackers, right? Not, yeah, yeah.
1: I've had those ones; they're good. My kids like those too.
0: Yeah, or just like pita cut into wedges. Yeah, along with all of like the crunchy, yeah, you know, fresh fruits yeah. and I also um, like a pretzel veggies.
1: Chip? Pretzel chips are fun on there. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: my kids like those.
1: You know what? If you're going to do a dip in the middle of a snack plate, I feel like that's a way to elevate it. Um, this is technically not no cook, but it's almost no cook. There's a great marinated goat cheese with lemony za'atar recipe in Nothing Fancy, also by Allison Roman. And it is so delicious. And like, I get that it might not be like super kid friendly. You warm up. Like you toast some sesame seeds, you basically make your own za'atar, which za'atar is, I'm sure I've talked about this before on the other podcast, but it's sesame, sumac, and thyme. Mm -hmm. And so you can buy it like pre-made at the store, but it's really good if you make it yourself. And so you just like toast the sesame seeds, add some olive oil to it, like a small skillet, and then you warm up the thyme, like, and I used fresh thyme this time. I just made it like two hours ago. <laughs> and then you add the sumac and then you add an entire lemon. So you've like taken the seeds out, but you've like chopped it all up like pith, peel and all, and you like let that simmer for a minute in the olive oil and then you dump it over a log of goat cheese mm. and that's all you
0: do. Just the oil? Like do you strain it or do no, you, you just don't the lemon strain it. and everything, yeah, goes, everything on?
1: goes on? Everything goes on it and it's so good. That's cool. Yeah. Very good with a pretzel chip.
0: I mean, I think if you're going to do a snacking plate as dinner, it needs to have some protein in the dip. Mm-hmm. So that means either dairy yeah. or like a nut base, like a tahini. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or there's some that also have like Greek yogurt that yeah. can be like a big protein hit. Totally. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah.
1: Snack plate's pretty much always a hit in my house.
0: What we use for our hummus when we do that kind of a snack plate thing is the Melissa Clark recipe from Dinner in an Instant. Oh, yeah. It makes a ton of hummus. Okay. I've also noticed that there's a typo in that recipe. Oh, interesting. There's a difference between the measured weight of the beans and the the measured and the weight right. you know ratio yeah. of the beans. And so um, I would just be a little cautious when you're reading that recipe, but yeah. it's a great recipe and it's very like versatile. Yeah. So you could put that's your great. own- Put your own spin on yeah.
1: it. And if you want to get fancy, you can make the hummus from Zahav.
0: Yeah. It's so good. It's, yeah, that is the best hummus. It's like
1: half half tahini to half chickpeas, and there's no garlic in it.
0: Uh, there's also a cowboy caviar recipe, which oh, I think... I love
1: think, that. Yeah. And that's
0: good. There's like a gazillion recipes for those. We'll link in the show notes to the one from the New York Times by Margot Lasky, I think is yeah. how you pronounce the chef's name. Yeah. Um, or the cook, the writer's name, but yeah. it's a, you know, great, straightforward, no cooking required, just assemble some fresh ingredients, some canned beans and call it a day. Yeah. So that's a, a yummy one as well. There's
1: also some labna based dips and nothing fancy that are quite good. And there's also, um, a couple dips in simply Julia that I think are pretty simple. The newest Julia Tertian book. Oh, Okay. There's one in there that's lentil-based. Oh, yum. That it's would be good. It's pretty good. I think when I made it, I over-salted it. Okay. So I didn't love it, but I feel like it had real potential. It's like it's called like a lentil soup dip. Mm-hmm. So and the the head note, she talks about how one time she just had some leftover lentil soup and she just like pulled it out of the fridge and she was like, I'm going to dip something in this. And then she was like, why isn't this a dip? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's really good. And then like lentils are also really high in protein as well.
0: Another thing that we do for dinner that is not a snack plate, but it's like snack, it really is a snack plate. It's like, we call it a picnic plate. Okay. Okay, yeah. So that just focuses more on like cheese and crackers and like sliced meat and like crunchy um, snap peas and that kind of thing. You put the meat on it, it becomes more like a
1: charcuterie. Right. Right. But it's like
0: family-friendly charcuterie. Yeah, Yeah. I love that just like sliced salami and stuff yeah. like that and then also for the non-dairy people and the PKU people you know those little like baby bell cheese things? Yeah. So they make a plant based one now. Oh cool. And I just found it at Trader Joe's the other weekend and I'm so excited about it because it has zero grams of protein in Whoa. it which is good for the people who have PKU but also if you're like if you have a kid who's non-dairy like right there's something really fun about peeling the wax yeah. off of those little circles. Yeah. them is yeah. so fun. And so that can be a really good like fun yeah. snack to have on your charcuterie your family friendly charcuterie plate when my son lewis was little like he was in preschool
1: there were so many kids who would bring those in their lunches and he would be like circle cheese i gotta get circle cheese and he never ever liked it like he would never eat the cheese but mm-hmm. he just thought it was so fun to peel it that
0: we bought it a few times and then i was like you're not eating this are you yeah yeah i think that has happened at my house too but yeah. currently my pku kid really likes it so yeah that's exciting that yeah. feels like a win for sure what about avocado toast? Oh, boy. We could spend like a whole category. Like this is its own category as toast. Yeah, yeah. Toast for dinner.
1: I feel like to- it's funny because there's toast for dinner and then there's like the whole other category of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So basically you're just talking about an open face sandwich. But I mean the bread's warmed. Yeah, that's true. So tell me about the avocado toast. Okay, I just love avocado toast, but just like really basic. Like I don't get real fancy with it. Like just slice up the avocado, put it on there. I do like everything bagel seasoning on top. I mean, if you have a a nice
0: fresh avocado, like why mess with it? Little red pepper flakes, a little drizzle of olive oil. This would break the no cook rule, but I often do that for myself for lunch. But I put a fried egg on it, too. Oh, yeah. Or even a couple fried eggs. Brilliant. Um, There's a great article that we'll link to in the show notes. that's called 75-plus ideas from the kitchen for no-cook dinners. Oh, cool. And they have a whole section on toast. They have a bunch of sections on it, which I really like. So check out the sections on toast. They have one that's like cream cheese with everything seasoning on the top. Oh, wonderful. Like, why did I never think of that? Yeah, that sounds brilliant. That's a very good idea. Yeah, yum. You can also get, like, lots of non-dairy cream cheeses, too. So that's something that can work for me as well.
1: I also, I mean, this isn't really toast, but... If you're making an open-faced sandwich with warmed bread and calling it toast, then you could also make, like, a meatloaf sandwich in your toaster oven and just slap a little slice of cheese on top of it. Like, that's a Julia Tertian classic. If you, like, made meatloaf, I mean, meatloaf's, like, a little heavy for summer, but I still make it in the summer, like, just make a turkey meatloaf. And then you can just do that the next night. Mm-hmm. And like heating up the toaster oven doesn't really seem like that big of a deal.
0: To me. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that would be a good vacation food thing, too, if you made meatloaf ahead, which I know that sounds high maintenance, guys, but go with me on this journey. <laughs> if you made it like a week before your trip and yeah. not, not the morning that you're trying to pack for your trip. Right. And then after it cooled, you cut it into slices and then froze it on a sheet pan in the freezer. And then once they're hard frozen, popped them in a Ziploc bag and then just yeah. took it with you on your trip. Totally. And then you could just have open food. Meat, meatloaf sandwiches for dinner uh, An
1: open-faced meatloaf sandwich is just delicious that sounds great so good and uh. she would say make it on an english muffin but that's not how i usually do it because usually my meatloaf slices are too big for that that's the problem i have with that suggestion you'd have to cut them in half yeah that's what i usually have done okay or you can make your own english muffins and make them weirdly big but then
0: yeah <laughs> that's, that's strained very far from a no-cook. yes yes now we're in a totally different category well let's talk about sandwiches okay
1: i like sandwiches okay I don't
0: love them, but I feel like there's like a lot of ways to make them great. What what are your go-to's? I like stuffing pita's pockets with oh. um, things like cream cheese or some other kind of like proteiny dip. And then shoving all of your fresh vegetables in it. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm on board for that. And then then it feels different enough from lunch because we don't really eat that for lunch very much. Right. And I just personally like detest eating something at dinner that felt like lunch. Like I would never eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at dinner. Right. This is the kind of stuff that like someone I should be keeping notes for like the nursing home that I end up in when I'm like (laughs) 95. (laughs) Here's Renee's little weird quirks. Like, (laughs) please do not serve me lunch food at dinner. Okay. So pita feels a little bit different to me. Yeah, that yeah. would pass the test. Okay. You could put your avocados and stuff that. like that in there. Yeah,
1: yeah. What about just like kind of classic sandwiches, like deli meat, lettuce, whatever? I I'm not. Know. I don't love
0: it. I don't love that for dinner. But um, <laughs> I'm just testing you now that I know that this is yeah. a quirk
1: of yours. <laughs> so I'm not
0: saying <laughs> it makes sense to anyone except for me. That's
1: okay. Um, um, I do like the idea of like a like a veggie based sandwich though i think i've probably told this on the podcast before but i had a very intense love affair with deli meat when i was pregnant which is the one time you're not supposed to and then afterward it went away so i'm not really that interested in deli meat but i have had some really yummy sandwiches over the years like um like veggie sandwiches that have like hummus on them so it's like hummus and then like you know fresh veggies on there yeah, yeah just so good maybe even some like pickled onions or something mm-hmm. for brightness get your
0: sprouts on yeah yeah totally. that totally reminds me of my college days when i was like not a very proficient cook at all yeah and i did eat that for dinner a lot okay so my lunch food and renee <laughs> i know well that's <laughs> because i don't eat it at lunch i only ate it at dinner yeah, for well, whatever reason enough. i think mm. at lunch like i don't want to put a lot of effort into sandwiches so yeah. if it's like a complex sandwich that has like multiple ingredients that could fall into the dinner category okay. for me okay okay For example, my partner really loves like Italian cold cuts. Oh, okay. To me, is not super exciting, but it does have like lots of different kinds of meat and stuff like that in it, and so I could see that passing for a dinner.
1: Okay, yeah, I like
0: that. Especially if it came with like some really good like meaty cold salads. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean like meat in them, but like farro based salads, like hearty salads. Yes, hearty salads. I do like a hearty salad. I think a hearty salad on its own can also be a great dinner. But did you want to talk any more about sandwiches? Yeah, I do. I I
1: am really looking forward this summer to making BLTs. And I know I know you have to cook the bacon. You pointed out you can buy pre-cooked bacon. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to make bacon in the toaster oven or something.
0: I've never done that. It will probably work. Um, You should make it in the oven. Just make it in the oven. That's what we usually do. But if you make like a whole batch on like a Sunday night and then you just put it in a Ziploc bag and you pull it out as needed. That's true. Like a cold BLT with cold bacon is still delicious.
1: Yeah. So I feel like this is the year I'm really going to arrive on the BLT because we get this incredible bacon from our meat CSA. It's so good. I don't know how they make it so good. And I'm growing my own tomatoes this year which I I usually do, but, you know, I just feel like everything is coming together. And I've also sort of mastered the sourdough sandwich loaf. Mm. So I'm going to be able to make BLTs on homemade sourdough with this incredible CSA bacon and homegrown tomatoes. And I'm real pumped
0: about it. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. You and I were just talking the other day because we were both planting our tomatoes recently and... Uh, I was I was like, Oh my god, I've got sixteen tomato plants and you were like, Me too. Well, mine have multiplied and now I have over twenty. Oh my gosh. It's just every year this happens where yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm only gonna devote two giant raised beds to yeah. tomatoes. And then like there are just too many other kinds that I want to grow. So I then I'll know. be like, Oh, well, we have to have like this kind. Yeah. yeah. So now it's gonna be Well, I
1: miscounted and I actually only have 14.
0: Oh, okay. So now you're way ahead of me. Well, I'll Still, share. Still, that's
1: a lot of tomatoes. I'll
0: share. We eat them all though. There yeah. I've come across recipes that were like Great for your leftover tomatoes. It's like, who has leftover tomatoes? <laughs> like, we don't. <laughs> well, with five people, if everybody likes them. Like, yeah. I
1: wish that I had more cherry tomatoes and fewer big tomatoes because my kids will disappear those immediately.
0: Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same with snap peas. They're there's like so fun. Yeah. There's certain things that I grow outside that I know yeah. will never make it inside. Yeah, totally. That's like our strawberry patch.
1: Oh. I probably won't eat a single one of those strawberries. Because they just eat them right out of the patch. And then you're like, hey, there's nothing left here. And then like what they don't eat, the chipmunks eat. And mm-hmm. that's the end of that. Uh, do you have any more sandwich content? Um, Tuna. Tuna
0: <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tuna sandwiches or chicken salad.
0: Well, if we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, uh, tuna sandwiches is something that Kirsten from Cookbook Club has a lot for dinner, like year round. I love
1: a tuna sandwich. It's super high in protein. Mm -hmm. It's delicious.
0: I mean, we also make tuna melts. That's cooking, I realize. But I think hers are actually tuna melts. Okay, But I kind of feel like, I mean, yes, it is technically cooking because there's some heat, but putting it in the toaster oven for like a minute doesn't feel like a high. Yeah reach um so that's something to keep in mind also how does anyone exist without a toaster oven i still don't understand this you guys but i just got one like a year ago and it has changed my world but i got along without it but how would you do a tuna melt then you have to turn on the oven i would get my electric skillet out that seems high maintenance oh really wait your electric skillet how do you make a tuna melt you just put a little
1: butter on it and just flap it down so it's not grilled cheese open face no oh i see no, it's just a sandwich.
0: I guess that's how it is at restaurants. Yeah, I always yeah. grew up oh, with like. Oh, you make them open face. Open face. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just make them like a sandwich. Because then you can just like. But then is that toast? Well, you you <laughs> toast it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's more toast than sandwich. Okay.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I make mine like a grilled cheese, just with tuna in it. Okay.
0: We toast the bread, then you put the the tuna on it, and then you just slap the cheese on top, and then you like set it under the broil setting on your toaster oven for just like a minute so it gets gooey and crackly. Interesting. Yeah, that's how my mom did it, so that's how I I roll. I mean, that
1: sounds delicious. I can see now why you said, how does anyone get along without
0: a toaster oven? Uh, I do like my electric griddle, though, for those kinds of things. Since we mentioned chicken salad, we have to give a shout out to the salt, fat, acid, heat chicken salad recipe. So good. It is so delicious. In the book, it's called the Sicilian chicken salad, and it calls for already cooked chicken. Mm -hmm. So if you here's what i would do i would just buy a rotisserie chicken the and, grocery store yeah, yeah and i would shred it up and then use that and i would find a thousand uses for that this summer that don't require me to actually then cook yeah and the chicken salad is a great way to use and it rotisserie chickens are brined so they're already really delicious yeah or you can buy you have to like mess with it you can buy i think frozen already cooked oh, shredded chicken there you go can't I think you, you? Can buy it at costco oh okay yeah It's rotisserie chicken specifically, but they've like picked off all the meat and you can buy a big package of it. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So people have solved this problem for us. Um, And then what I like about the salt, fat, acid, heat recipe is she has a lot of variations. The one that I like in particular is the curried chicken salad. Curry is so good with chicken. Yeah. Like that flavor combination just works so well. And then I usually do it as a wrap. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, then it's not a sandwich. (laughs) Then it's a dinner food. Then I can have it for dinner. <laughs> or you could just put it on a bed of greens, too. Yeah, that would totally. be a really great I've way to, like, use up all your garden greens. Yeah, for sure. Why don't we take a quick break? And then when we come back, we're going into new categories of, yeah. like, salads and my my big heavy rotation no-cook yeah. dinner, which you'll hear about shortly. Yeah. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Ringquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she's with you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. All right, Renee, let's talk about salad. Salad. I think salads are normally pretty boring, um, to be honest. I really uh, think a green salad is one of the most boring sounding things ever. But <laughs> there are some other salad things that fall in the salad category that are actually quite delicious and I think could pass for dinner. Mm-hmm. One of them is a niçoise salad. Oh, yeah. The uh, recipe I'm going to link to in the show notes is from Real Simple. And it's sort of like a niçoise-inspired summer salad specifically. Okay. So it has hard-boiled eggs. It has canned chickpeas, um, olives, snap peas, cut tomatoes, and, like, perfect for summer. Like, use up all of your fresh tomatoes. It also calls for smoked trout fillets. So you can get, oh. you know, just use whatever smoked fish you want. Like, you could use salmon yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think traditionally a Nishwa salad would have anchovies. It does have anchovies. It has anchovies, too. In the sauce, okay. in the dressing that you make. Okay. So it's, like, olive oil, red wine vinegar, anchovies, yeah. and garlic.
1: yeah. Yeah, but that would be a... F- I love a nichewa salad. It's basically like, to me, it seems like the Mediterranean version of a cob salad because mm-hmm. it's just like got multiple sources of protein on it. Like it's very hearty. It's very like, you know, nicely seasoned. Man, that all sounds so good.
0: It makes me think of the... Our real-life cookbook club did Julia Child's Art of French Cooking. Is that what it's called?
1: Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Mastering the Art of
0: French Cooking. And I made
1: the niçoise salad. And it was
0: so good. It was really good. Was that a recipe that you would make again? It was a little fussy.
1: Okay. Um, And you do have to cook things a little bit. Like, you have to blanch the green beans. So let's not do that, you guys. Let's just do the (laughs) niçoise
0: from Real
1: Simple. Yeah, exactly. Go, the, go simpler. The Julia Child recipe, I mean, it was delicious, but it was it was fussy.
0: We should maybe do an episode on Julia Child's in the yeah. future. So if you guys like that idea, shoot us a little message on Instagram or yeah. something and let us know. For That's... sure. We'd love
1: to talk about that. We had a really delicious meal to that cookbook, which is like kind of an overwhelming cookbook because it's just so big. Yeah. But we found some gems in there. And we have we would
0: have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We always have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, just you... wait for the episode where we're like, we're here with just only a little to talk about. <laughs> Do you want to shout out any other salad recipes? Yeah, I
1: mean, I feel like salad can be a little bit hard with kids. At least I have a not salad eater, my little one. Um, And so that can be a little bit hard. But I like salads that you can deconstruct. Mm -hmm. A pasta salad, I think, is a good go-to. There's a New York Times recipe I like, which is pasta salad with marinated tomatoes and tuna. So, again, it's, like, a hearty salad because it's got the tuna in it, but, like, you could keep all the pieces separate, and then he could be having some noodles. I mean, I know you have to cook the pasta in pasta salad, but it takes 10 minutes, so I feel like it's not that big of a deal. And it's, like, nice and bright because it's got cherry tomatoes and, like, a red onion thing happening, so Mm – um, that's really good.
0: In terms of no cook salads specifically, there's a broccoli salad by Hetty McKinnon on oh, the New York Times. Yeah. I love her. And so it's raw, bro- it's raw bro- broccoli. Boy, I had a hard time saying that. <laughs> You're using raw broccoli that you just like, I think, cut, you know, into real tiny pieces, and then mm-hmm. you make a really nice like dressing that goes along with it. You're adding apple to it too for sweetness, oh, and then it has some sliced almonds on it or pepitas or whatever you want for protein.
1: Yeah,
0: and grapes too. So it's a really delicious, really beautiful salad. It's very, very green with like a little bit of red from the apple. I think that that could be a light dinner, especially if you had some like crusty bread to go along with it or something. Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: I know. I wish I could get my whole family on board with eating a salad for dinner. And then there's the book Salad for Dinner by (laughs) Jamie Kelly, which we did for Cookbook Club a long time ago. There's a salad in there that I really love. It's called a banh mi salad. And that's the one you made for that gathering. And you make like a sriracha mayo which is like the dressing. So it's like pretty hearty and it has these like Vietnamese meatballs on top of it. It's very good. Like it has all the sort of like parts of a banh mi.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of a reci- lot of the recipes in that cookbook are not necessarily no cook, but yeah. it is a place to go for like, I think about half the recipes probably are no cook yeah. or like pretty minimal yeah. fuss. But I wasn't, um, that one did not earn a spot on my cookbook <laughs> oh, shelf. Oh, bye bye, Jeannie. <laughs> uh, one... <laughs> one recipe that I really like that I think you probably will not be so excited about is the tuna mayo rice bowl. I do like that one. Oh you do? Yeah.
1: I thought yeah. you didn't like mayonnaise. I don't like mayonnaise, but something about the the like sesame oil soy sauce combo works there for me yes
0: this is an awesome no-cook dinner you guys it's great with like leftover rice that you have in the refrigerator like that's the only time i've made this is sort of like a fridge clean out okay but it's just it's great for dinner it's also really good for lunch i have to say yeah but yeah you make just a really simple you use canned tuna and just make a really simple salad with it using a little bit of mayonnaise but also toasted sesame oil and soy sauce and it just adds like such a it nice
1: really adds a nice flavor yeah depth it sort of, sort of masks the mayonnaise too which i really appreciate
0: and then if you want, you can throw some furry cocky seasoning on the top, or you can yeah. throw some black and white sesame seeds. It uh, is so simple. It's very simple. And then you can just throw whatever raw veg you want along with it mm-hmm. and call that call that dinner.
1: I love that that's I feel like that's one of the only recipes I've ever seen on the New York Times that says like prep time five minutes. It's <laughs> amazing.
0: Yeah, that's a real good one.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I have one more salad to shout out. Okay. It's called the poolside sesame slaw and it is by our friend Deb Perlman from Smitten Kitchen. Yum. What I like about this recipe is that it's very colorful. So it's a mix. It's a very flexible salad too. So it's a mix of carrot, cucumber, celery, bell pepper, snap peas or snow peas. Basically, you just need four cups total of all of those things, whatever combination you want. It sounds so colorful. It is very colorful, and then you add some cabbage too for some bulk. So because I mean, it is a slaw, but it's more like four you know two parts those veggies to one part cabbage. Okay. Okay. And then you I like that you throw in salted peanuts, which is cool for crunch. Some scallions, some cilantro. Um, She calls for a pound of grilled chicken thighs. Okay, That's another thing where I feel like you could just use a rotisserie chicken. You don't necessarily need to like go through the fuss of grilling chicken. Yeah. Um, And then uh, this miso sesame dressing recipe that she has that goes along with it, which has a little bit of tahini in it and all of the other wonderful like ginger, garlic, miso, honey, vinegar, sesame oil. Like that would taste so delicious. Yeah. So I highly recommend that one as well. I think that would be a great one to eat all summer long.
1: Okay, what else? What about smoothies?
0: Okay, so here, (laughs) here we go, folks. This is what I meant by like my heavy hitting high rotation all summer long dinner that is no cook. So popcorn, technically, you would have to cook, which I do. I mean, it takes five minutes on my little like popcorn popper, but you might have an air popper or you might just buy a bag of popcorn and like not turn any oven on. Yeah. But I love uh, making smoothies and popcorn for dinner. It's the number one requested dinner at my house from my kids. There's a great cookbook by Julie Morris called Superfood Smoothies. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. It came out in 2013. I don't even honestly remember how I got this cookbook, so I'm sorry if one of my listeners is the person who, like, gave me this cookbook and I forgot. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure that I got it off of my Buy Nothing group, though. And what was cool about it is that it came to me with all kinds of bookmarks already in it. Oh, cool. But what I like about the cookbook – I mean, you don't need a cookbook for smoothies, Right. right? You can just figure it out. Yeah. But I like that she gives me more ideas that I would not have thought of on my own. Yeah. So she has a recipe in here for a banana romaine smoothie. yum. So it has... And each of these makes like two servings. So, you know, it has bananas and other, you know, coconut water, blah, blah, blah. But it calls for three cups of packed romaine lettuce. Okay. So this is like the perfect thing to use like wilty lettuce at the back of your refrigerator for. It just adds like a really nice like brightness. It's not a super strong flavor to put the lettuce in there. So it's pretty mild, but um, it's a great way to use up, you know, leftover veg. She has a sweet almond smoothie in here. That really doesn't have very much almond in it. It has almond milk, but it calls for banana and then a, um, a bunch of frozen chopped spinach. Okay. And then some fresh mango.
1: Yum. So
0: it just, I love her combination of yeah. things that she's thought of in here. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about smoothies and popcorn. Yeah. Do you guys get full? We do because we put protein powder in
1: it. Oh, in your smoothie. In the smoothie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the thing.
0: Like in these recipes from this cookbook, I think that she's already put together the combination to try to give you enough protein that you don't have to put protein powder okay. in yourself yeah. if you don't want to. But for dinner, I probably would just in case. Yeah. But yeah, we do get full. Okay. I mean, also like my kids eat so much popcorn. Yeah. Like, we have this huge yellow bowl that, like, is overflowing with popcorn from my popcorn yeah. popper when I do it. And yeah. it's, like, annihilated by the end of the yeah. dinner. So, yeah. yeah. they And I feel like that is a pretty well-balanced meal. And it's easy. And, it, yeah. you know, it comes together in, like... 15 minutes i right. have five people in my family right so that means like a lot of different smoothies because yeah. nobody ever wants, the, wants same the same one. one yeah that um i don't really want to own too many kitchen gadgets but i do kind of wonder if maybe i should get like one of those smoothie makers where it makes them in like individual right. ones it's like a magic bullet right yeah yeah but that's a good idea i haven't Just done buzz that them yet. up in there sounds delicious do you guys do smoothies and popcorn not for dinner
1: okay like we've done it before like as an after dinner thing but i don't usually put protein powder in my smoothies so that's a good hack
0: yeah i'm a little bit picky about protein powder too mm-hmm. um obviously i don't put it in the smoothie for the kid who has pku yeah, in my family yeah. um but it's great because we can like have mostly the same ingredients like yeah. if 3 to 4 of us want like a berry banana based smoothie yeah. i'll make a huge batch of it and then pour his into his glass right. and, and then, then add, add the, the protein powder so it's like a little bit smart. easier yeah i don't like the ones that have the artificial sweeteners or not yeah. artificial but like the stevia i would right. rather just not have sweetener at all yeah is my preference um and then because i have a dairy intolerance i try not to do a whey-based protein yeah. powder i don't really know if that makes a difference or not yeah. for my particular snowflake special <laughs> dairy intolerance but i try to do a plant-based one yeah. if i can yeah i'm also picky about it i don't love it like the whey protein always ends
1: up giving me a stomach ache oh and, really yeah It's just like too much. We did find a really nice one recently that's like goat milk based. And Eric's been telling me it's really great, but also
0: like it costs a million dollars. So yeah. (laughs) And then if you don't like it, then you're stuck with this gigantic tub of it. Totally. Yeah. It would be cool if like um, sometimes New Seasons, which is our local gourmet grocery store, they will do like a tasting on the weekend, which I don't know if yeah. they've picked that up since COVID. But pre-COVID, so. it was like every weekend. It, it was like a theme. Yeah. Like in January, it was like citrus. And you could go and try right. like 15 different kinds of citrus or probably 30 different kinds. So nice. They should do a protein powder based one. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Um, a couple other things not related to smoothies and popcorn. Also in that uh, link from that we'll put in the show notes from the ideas from the kitchen, they also had a couple other really good Categories okay. of no cooked dinners. One of them was like canned or cured fish. Okay. So that kind of goes back to like the Niswa salad and the tuna salad and stuff like that. But yeah. they had one that had smoked salmon that you chop up with like oh. diced cucumber and dill to make like a really good tinned fish Brilliant. salad.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds so good.
0: They had a whole bunch under the dairy category of like yogurt-based things. Mm-hmm. They had deli meats. And then <laughs> this is my favorite category, you guys, nacho adjacent meals. <laughs>
1: It's a nacho adjacent meal. It's like... It's a chip-based thing.
0: Yeah. I love that term. I love it because it... I felt like, oh, God, somebody just put a label on me in my 20s. Like... (laughs) All of my dinners were, like, we're nacho-adjacent. adjacent Yeah. So these are things like tortilla chips plus, like, shredded cheese and salsa and leftover veggies on a plate that you microwave. Oh. Or pita chips with plain yogurt, tomatoes, cucumbers, atar. tar. Uh, okay.
1: So you're basically just dipping a chip. It's just some sort something. of crunchy thing. Yeah. Yum. They
0: have Fritos with sour cream and jalapenos. I have not tried that. Oh, that sounds good, though. Um, Bean and cheese tostadas. Oh, yeah. You know, all of those. My sister's family actually is really big on tostadas okay. because she just really hates cooking okay. all year. And so they do tostadas a lot and just put like refried beans and cheese on it and yeah. like microwave it and then put some fresh great. veg on top and call it a day. Yeah. Wonderful.
1: It's a great <sighs> idea. Oh, man. Now I'm excited not to cook. <laughs>
0: yeah. They also have this cute little picture on that article that's um, it's under the section what. What would in happier times be a cheese plate? I don't know what that's supposed oh, to mean. Oh, that's funny. Um, but they have one of those uh, nice metal lunch boxes, you know, that have all the little compartments in oh, it. yeah. And it has the little baby bells, like I was okay. talking about, and like almonds and apples and uh, triscuits with like some sort of soft cheese yeah. and some dried fruit. Okay. That's like the meal that we take on road trips, yeah. basically. Yeah, Like that's dinner on the road. That's a no-cook dinner. That's
1: great. I mean, I have those lunch boxes and I actually... I sort of like the constraint of like this the spaces that I'm working with and I feel like that can sometimes give me some inspiration. I pack a lot of lunches in the summer and dinners too like in our lunch boxes.
0: I agree with you. I really like the like it gives you just enough structure to yeah. be like, OK, I'm just taking this one compartment right. at a time. Yeah, totally. You know, because if someone's like, OK, make a dinner or make a lunch and you're just like, oh, Where I have do to I think even of begin? all of it. Yeah. yeah. But if someone's I like, like the
1: constraint of that, it's like, some, you know, you get some crackers and you get some fruit. And I mean, honestly, those meals with my pretty picky five year old, those meals go over better than anything else. Like he eats his lunchbox full
0: of food almost every day but like getting him to eat dinner is really hard so yeah the lunchbox is kind of brilliant well we hope that gave you guys some ideas of how to get through the summer without like sweating over your stove totally Uh, i hope that you guys join us next time because we're going to be cooking from colombiana by mariana velasquez sarah why did we choose this book it's so pretty
1: (laughs) i think that's the first reason why we picked it is that it, it is so pretty mariana velasquez is actually like a food stylist First and foremost, and so um, I think that's going to give us like a lot to talk about because you know we, I think that we've talked a lot about like chef-written cookbooks versus like not chef-written cookbooks, and now to talk about a cookbook written by a food stylist is I think is going to be like an interesting category. All right, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. You can cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show, or send us a voice memo or a comment at Cookbook club Show at Gmail.com. You can find us online at
0: cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And if you leave us a review, that really helps other home cooks find us too. We'll see you soon. Bye.